Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. He's real. Gang Green and their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about an effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rut. Own this rut. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yo, what's up, everybody? Also bringing to you the ultimate legend of Marist College, the greatest tight end in the history of Division I football, Nicholas Kronk, the big Wookiee. Welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? Bookie, you're, you see your intro, your intro gets more in-depth each week. It, more so in-depth. more levels to my resume. That's, I'm going to just keep week. adding every week. I'm going to see if I can like add a little cover bit more. Letter, my cover letter is like, that, like that, that gif of somebody just scrolling through scrolls. <laughs> I love it. And, of course, guys, the fourth member of the squad, my cousin Sammy, the greatest high school football coach of the nation today. Welcome to the show, Sammy. What's up, everyone? Now, we know, guys, the topic on the tip of all Jets fans' tongues in the past 48 hours or a little longer than that, is Debo Samuel. I mean, we have to, I know we got the mock coming up. I know we got a rip through part two, but we got to talk about Debo first. Debo Mendes has hit the NFL last couple days. You're hearing he wants out. A little bit of mystery to me as to the reasons why. Some of it you see is him saying he's not happy with the usage. I think they offered him a contract and he turned it down out there. We know he was tremendous last year. I'm going to get into some of the stats in a minute. But Michael, Tyreek Hill was available to the Jets. We heard AJ Brown was available i guess now he's not debo samuel you think he's somebody a receiver on par with those guys i think he's better than them i mean if you look at the numbers I, he, he compares to guys like cooper cup he compares to guys at the top of who play the position in the sport and i think that's part of the reason why we're seeing an issue here i mean after the season if the west coast was such a problem you would have heard that debo didn't really want to play in california and wanted to be a little bit closer to home but that's something that's come up because of some of the issues that they're having with their contract negotiations now i believe that this agent of devos is the same agent of dk and also of aj brown is trying to leverage the debo samuel situation to kind of get his other boys paid um and so when you kind of look at the production that debo samuel provided it was kind of one of them like it's we've never seen this before it wasn't just the receiving it was the ability to run the ball the touchdowns um i think he had over 2000 all-purpose yards maybe like right under it was like 1400 receiving and like 700 uh, rushing or something like that he had eight touchdowns rushing um he was just absolutely tremendous and i think that you know he's looking at these contracts and he's like yo uh, i didn't just play receiver i was running back too and I want to get paid at least around what these cats are being made even more 
essentially. And I think that the issue is that the the San Francisco 49ers are looking at Debo Samuel and they're saying, well, how many years does this cat even have? Like, if we do run, if you look at running backs, you know, running backs have a very short lifespan and, you know, they're kind of abusing Debo, if you will. I mean, he did see a lot of injuries during this season. So, in my opinion, I think that uh, the top level brass, they're not trying to pay him like at the same level of a Tyree kill and Adams. And in Debo's mind, he's like, I'm worth more than these fools. So after that kind of went south, he's like, you know what? I don't want to be used as a running back or whatever. And again, this is just me pontificating on what the situation is, because whatever did happen is an organizational issue. He doesn't want to be there anymore, period. He's already said it. Okay. It's not even about the money anymore. He's like, I don't want to play for you. And if Sam, I've heard San Francisco 49ers fans say, oh, well, we know the money's going to fix it. No, it's not. And if you try to hold him, then guess what? Your brand of being a player-friendly team goes out the window because you start playing parball with him, then cats are just going to think twice before trying to join the San Francisco 49ers. So I think he has leverage and he said he wants out. And um, right now, I would tell you, Keith, I think that he's going to get traded before or during the draft. Wow. You know, it's funny you say that because when you say you have leverage back in the day, a player just demanding to leave or being disgruntled usually would end up with the player just staying with the team. Right. But we've seen in recent history, man, these players take a step like Debo or emphatically say they want to leave a team like him, especially wide receivers. And they're gone. So, I mean, I don't think it's too crazy what you're saying. And when you dig into some of the stats we were talking about before the show, now we know Cooper Cup last year led the NFL in receiving yards, also led the NFL in yards after the catch. We had 145 catches, right, to get about 840 yards after the catch. Debo only had 77 catches and only had 60 less yards after the catch than Cooper Cup. That's 68 more catches for Cup. So when you look at it, yards after the catch-wise per reception, he's averaging about 10 yards per reception. Cup's averaging about five. That's twice. That's the guy who led the league. That's the guy, the receiver, everyone's saying great. And you look at these stats, I mean, he was fifth in the league in yardage, 23rd in targets. So when you look what he could do with the ball, he is a very unique player. But when you add in these rushing attempts, I mean, it does make it an interesting situation because 60 attempts last year for Debo. And you look at a, a running back, when they get more than 200 calories nowadays, we say that's a guy who gets used a lot. So he got more than a quarter of that as a wide receiver. So if you're Debo, you're kind of in a situation, well, do you want to keep being used that way, which does put more wear and tear on you? Or would you rather those 60 targets come in the passing game which not all those hits are going to be horrific. Sometimes you catch the ball and you don't have to get smashed by a linebacker or a defensive tackle. These are safeties. These are cornerbacks. Those hits aren't as vicious. But, I mean, statistically, he's someone that's very unique. Jamar, uh, Chase last year in the Bengals and Debo, when you look at yards per catch, they were the top of the league. Debo was number one in the NFL. I mean, that would be a complete game changer, I think, for the squad. When you look at what the compensation might be, you've seen the 10th pick. You've seen maybe one of the second round picks along with the fourth round, the, one of the fourth round picks, maybe your first next year. Sammy, what do you think when it comes to Debo? I asked Mike. I know Tariq Hill's been traded. Some of these other top receivers in the NFL seem to want big contracts too. Do you put him up there with those top receivers in the league where you give up that big-time compensation to get him? I think so. I mean, I think if you can realistically give away one of your top 10s, one of your first two second-round picks, and then maybe a future one, and you go out against like Debo. We talked about it with our preview of our receivers. Right? You can't teach that yak ability. 
So he's proven that running the ball, which I think yak ability is way harder to do. So as a wide receiver, he can do it. And we know as a runner, he can do it, which just makes him more dangerous with the ball in his hands. So you could just supplement him running the football with, you know, little bubble screens and things like that, gets a guy in space. And you're doing effectively the same thing, but you're just still putting the ball in that guy's hands. And I think that's a game changer for a team like the Jets where if you can keep four and get sauce, because I don't think, you know, Kayvon's going to be there, you get sauce. And then you add Debo. And forget Drake London. Forget everybody who was talking about. That is, you killed it. Yeah. And you still have top of the second round. I think that's home run. Yeah, no, yeah. I know what you mean. Thanks. And you look, Mike, when you look at when you look at the way they use him in the playoffs last year, ten carries versus the Packers, he had ten more carries versus Dallas. I mean, they, that's tough, man. Those are tough defenses. So I'm actually, going to ask uh, all three of you, um, I've heard a couple of analysts on a different podcasts that are saying, you know, we gave up, uh, we were going to give up 35, 38 for Tyreek Hill. It's going to be either the same or less because Debo isn't as good as Tyreek Hill. And then there was, um, you know, there's no way we would ever give up 10 or four because that's just too much for a guy like Debo Samuel. And I like, I, as I listen to things like that, it just it it bothers me that people have that type of perspective like this is about making a franchise better uh making a team better and again like keith just said did, if you saw the value that debo samuel brought to the san francisco 49ers they would have not made the playoffs if it wasn't for debo samuel um the guy is 25 years old um you're telling me that whoever we're picking at four is going to be more valuable than Debo Samuel. Is that what you're saying to me, people? Is that what you're saying to me? Because that's BS. There is no prospect in this draft that, you know, our hope, our hope is that the four or 10 will have the potential near value that Debo already brings from an offense or defense perspective. Debo is a game changer. He changes the betting boards in Vegas. He changes how teams play and how teams play defend teams. Do not speak to me like whoever we're drafting is going to bring that value from day one. And I can understand what you're saying about, well, we also have to pay him as well. Understood. But this team is raw. Our team does not have large contracts at this point. We're laying the foundation. And you lay the foundation with two or three players that take up large contracts. Look at the New England Patriots. They had Gronkowski. They had Tom Brady. And they had maybe one other player that they paid a whole lot of money towards. And then everybody else was rotating around that. Right? Debo is one of those building blocks that you throw $25, $30 million a year at. And just build around. So I don't want to hear the nonsense that he's not worth a first round pick. You damn right he's worth a first round pick. And JD, I hope, is going to do whatever it takes to get that man here. Because if you think about it, he's the perfect fit. He already knows uh, Sala, well, Coach Sala. He already knows the LaFleur system. Okay. He um has played with quarterback suspect quarterbacks in the past so you know when you're saying oh he's going to play for zach wilson who we don't know well he's already played with jabroni quarterbacks okay and he would be playing with a jabroni potential quarterback 
in San Francisco this year. That's why we haven't heard from one Chris Schleich at all about any of this as a Jet fan. I mean, you would have thought, Nick, that we would have heard from Chris Schleich about all this. He's been silent. He doesn't want to say a word. Oh, he's been silent. He's been silent. But Nick, I want to ask you, is it ridiculous to, like, am I crazy, like, to think that we would pick throw four or ten to get Debo Samuel? I mean... I would. I mean, am I crazy? Am I am I off base? No, I don't think so at all. I think, um, uh, I mean, like you like you said, you you just explained that four could go for Debo Samuel. I mean, obviously they probably want a little bit more than just four, but you're right. There's Sauce Gardner, Thibodeau. You're not getting anybody in this draft at four that's going to make an impact that Debo Samuel can day one when he shows up in the locker room and and and, and gets on the field there. Uh, so four or 10 plus whatever, you know, obviously you don't want to get absolutely nuts and just bomb your entire draft for one person. But I don't think Sammy was out of bounds before by saying multiple picks and then a future. And like you said, Mike, yeah, you're going to have to pay him, but this is the type of, you know, this is the type of player you like, you just said it, you throw 25, 30 million at this kid. And that's your, that's your wide receiver one for a decade. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I would give up number four to get him. I think that'd be too much there. But um, <laughs> I would definitely would have given up number four, number ten. Ten, I think, like Mike was saying, that any of the receivers you name, Drake London or Wilson, I know, Mike, you don't like him, but a lot of people do like Wilson, or Lave or Trey Burks or any of these dudes. These guys are all people that were great in college, and they're projected to do well in the NFL, but there is a graveyard of a thousand wide receivers that were projected to do good in the NFL that were absolute bums. I mean, we see it every year. So um, a large majority of guys that get drafted in the first round aren't good. I mean, that's just that's the way the NFL works. So Debo Samuel had already proven he could do it. He's only 26 years old. They gave up a first, a second, a fourth, all these picks, the Dolphins to get Tyreek Hill. He's going to turn 29 during the season, and he's played six seasons in the NFL already. You know, for a guy his size, I don't know how long Tyreek Hill's going to last. Debo Samuel, a little sturdier. He's played, I know he missed his, his second season. He only played seven games, only two and a half years. But he's 26 years old. So, I mean, Debo's a guy I could see making the same level of investment in. Um, Giving up a 10th, that would have to just be it for me. That would be it. Nothing else would have to be added on for me if they were going to do that. Um, If they were going to package it, maybe two seconds and a first next year, I'd be more comfortable with. But either way, I mean, you got Debo onto the team and – He'll figure out with the Jets how he wants to be used. If he doesn't like to be used as a running back, like Sammy said, there's still ways to get him the ball in space with bubble screens and other ways, as opposed to handing the ball off out of the backfield and doing everything they do with the 49ers. But that's just a game changer for the offense, a gigantic target for Zach Wilson. Corey Davis basically becomes your third best receiver on your team, which puts you in a good spot. Corey Davis is definitely decent enough. Elijah Moore there. We have Barrios there. You have Carter out of the backfield. You have the two big tight ends. That would be a game changer for the offense, Mike. Do you understand if we did trade 10, what the narrative would be? It would be that we traded Jamal Adams for AVT and Debo Samuel. <laughs> That's true. But that would, and if they do, and we already know AVT is great. And if Debo Samuel comes to the Jets, that would just be, I mean, especially for the Niner fans, they know how good he is, you know? There'd be some more icing on that Jamal Adams cake that we've been eating up ever since they sent him out there and he became a scrub. The best in the nation. But guys, you know what it's time to get on to, okay? We're going to finish off this mock. Picks number 17 through 38. We got 20 more picks coming at you guys, okay? First mock was last week. That was a blast. Come at you with mock part two right now. ABG Mock Madness. Let's go. Hey, the situation uh, 
Man, it got heavy on me. All right, everybody, welcome back. Mock Madness Part 2 coming at you. Going to finish off this first round. Going to hit you with the top of the second round with these two jet picks. You're going to see what me and Mike think and what everyone thinks here. Guys, last week we went through 1 through 16. I'm just going to I'm just gonna recap it real quick, Mike, and then we'll throw to you as well. We had Aiden Hutchinson going number one there to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Lions. Number three, Trayvon Walker to the Houston Texans. Number four, New York Jets taking Ahmad Sauce Gardner, adding him to the secondary. Number five, Aquanu heading over there to the Giants to help that offensive line. Number six, I got the first quarterback going is Kenny Pickett to the Carolina Panthers down there with Sam Darnold. Number seven, Hamilton safety going over to the G-Man. First receiver off the board I have at number eight, uh, Garrett Wilson. Number nine, Neil over to the Seattle Seahawks. I know Mike has a different pick there. Number 10 for the Jets, I got Jermaine Johnson. Mike has a different pick there as well. Number 11, Daryl Stingley Jr. Number 12, McDuffie to the Vikings. Number 13, Cross over there to the Texans to help that offensive line out. N'Kobe Dean to the Ravens at number 14. At number 15, I got Devin Lloyd heading to the Eagles, help that linebacker core out. And number 16, Drake London to the New Orleans Saints. Mike, why don't you run through your list real quick and then we'll start off with number 17. Yeah, so like you, I had Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Then I had Neil going to the uh, Texans. We taking Ahmad Gardner, Aquanu going to the G-Men, Pickett going to Carolina, then Trayvon going to the G-Men, Charles Cross going to Atlanta, Malik Willis going to Seattle Seahawks with Jermaine. Well, no, I went with Karloftis, uh, even though I want Jermaine. Karloftis going to the New York Jets, London, to Washington, Stingley to the Minnesota Vikings, and then uh, Jermaine Johnson ended up going to the Texans, Nicobe Dean to Baltimore Ravens, Jordan Davis to the Eagles, and then Jamison Williams going to the Saints. And the next pick I have is Trevor Penning going to the Los Angeles Chargers. They lost uh, Brian Bulaga. And we know that quarterback is going to need protection there. I know there's probably guys that we're thinking that are better than him, uh, Penning. But I think his nastiness and what he was able to do in the offseason, uh, I think, is attractive. And I think this is where they'll go. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I mean, their main needs, I think, Mike's offensive tackle and linebacker here for the Chargers. But I think it's going to be difficult. Your logic is super sound. I think it's going to be difficult to pass up on Jordan Davis here because he's still on my board. They were horrible at stopping the run last year. Now, they, they got J.C. Jackson for the secondary, and they brought in Khalil Mack in the offseason, too. You know, Staley was the coordinator in Los Angeles with the Rams there. You know he wants that big monster D-tackle. So I see them going Jordan Davis here. Their run defense was horrific last year. Giant run stopper in the middle to add to two more more giant pieces on the defense to help them out on defense. Mike, I'm going to go into my number 18 pick here, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we know they need linebacker, okay? But I had them taking Lloyd at 15. So, for me, I think they're going to go They're going to go defense again. Take Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan, one of the best safeties in the draft here. Um, 70 tackles last year, a huge hitter. I think the Eagles are going to go ahead and help their defense out um, yeah. and another guy to the secondary. I, I think they are going to help out their defense, and I had them taking uh, Jordan Davis with the before that, and now I got him taking Devin Lloyd. <laughs> linebacker so nice. i agree with you there that that sounds like a perfect match for them uh at linebacker yeah you know and here at 19 mike i have one of the better offensive tackles you just had him going to the Chargers. i think the saints are another team that have more holes than you think offensive lines one of the biggest one we know they just lost armstead in free agency here guys okay um i had them taking london at 15 they added marcus may in the secondary i think they're going to go offensive line take your boy uh, trevor penning there at a northern iowa offensive tackle winston's there dalton's there 
kind of a bridge maybe to next year, depending on how Jameis Winston works out. But you know they want to get the ball going in the running game. I think they're going to go offensive line and take Trevor Penning, Mike. Yeah. So I've got your boy, uh, Sammy, uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety, going to the Saints. Now think about Ooh. it. The way I have it, the way I have it, I got them getting Jameson Williams, and then I got It'll them getting Kyle Hamilton to my mind here. Mm. And why I think this is a perfect fit for them is because they just lost Marcus Williams to the Baltimore Ravens, right? And who better to just come in, Kyle Hamilton, just slip on in to the to the who dat nation? What do you think about that pick? I think it's a great pick. And I mean, all Jets fans know we love us and Marcus May. So having like that little grouping there with the Saints, um, that guy, I still think that his value dropped exponentially and it shouldn't have because I think he's the most, one of the most talented defenders of secondary defenders available in the whole draft. So, you know, Sauce and Singletary and all these guys are being taken. But I think Hamilton is a guy who might be the best person secondary wise to come out of this draft in five years. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, I mean, I saw draft boards as of a month ago, not where he'd be drafted, but just rating the prospect level. And he was like number one or number two or number three. And you see a lot of these mocks, and I'm not even I'm not even saying Mike's incorrect. I've seen a lot of mocks where he's down 15 in the 20 range. So I could definitely see that happening. Mike, what do you think is going to happen with the steel curtain here at 20? Oh, man, I have a funny feeling they will go quarterback here. And I like, this is going to be a weird pick, but I got Desmond Ritter quarterback okay. out of Cincinnati four-year starter this seems to me like one of those Steelers picks that you know you take that stable character leader you know he has got 44 wins to lead the Bearcats they went all the way over to the, the championship game um, he has pretty quick speed 4.52 speed um, I think that he has all of the intangibles to become a really good quarterback and I think with Trubisky there um, you sit him for a year at least, maybe even a year and a half, whatever it takes, till he's ready. And he's the type of cat that if he is able to click on, he's going to be good because he's a good character dude. He's a leader. He knows how to win. And um, I think he's the perfect fit for that type of culture there in Steeler, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and if you look what Ritter did in college, I mean, he always was able to run the ball pretty good. But then you look at his season last year, uh, obviously he played great. Cincinnati played great, but he really he turned it up in the passing game. Had about a thousand more yards in the previous season. So I like Ritter a lot. Mike, in my mock, I got them taking a quarterback too, but in my mock, Malik Willis is still available. Your boy. One of these prospects from Liberty that is kind of a boomer bust pick to a lot of people. I know Liberty, Liberty played Old Dominion and Army and Troy. They played the Campbell Fighting Camels. Out of North Carolina, you guys don't know who they are. Don't pretend like Campbell. you do. Don't pretend They're like you do. Hit pause on the show. Backs. Hit pause on the show and Google it up. It's a real thing, everybody. So I'm not hating on Malik Willis, but I mean, you look at his rushing stats in college, impressive. 944 yards, 2020, 878 yards last year, 14 touchdowns, 2020, 13 touchdowns last year. His passing game did improve a little bit last year, but I'll say one thing, even though his QB rating is through the roof, he was sacked 51 times last year. That's something he's going to have to work on. It's one of the highest since 2005 as far as dropback rate. But like Mike said, Big Ben's gone. They have Trubisky there to kind of be the stopgap guy. I also see them going quarterback. I think Malik Willis is a tremendous prospect. I think all the passing um, nuances can be worked on. And I think they want to start over. I don't think Trubisky is going to be the long-term answer. Then they go to quarterback. I think I take Malik Willis, Mike. 
Yeah, no, I, I, if he's still there, I would agree with that. I, they're going to take, I believe that pick is going to be a quarterback. Um, and then unfortunately, after them, one of the best charactered franchises comes the least, you know, character, if you will, franchise, the New England Patriots, the Cheaters for a decade, the yeah. disgusting team and a disgusting scum team, the scum of the earth. Okay. Um, I see them. I still have Garrett Wilson on the board and a lot of you don't think he's going to drop that far. He, I've even seen him as high as eight to the Atlanta Falcons understood, but you know, I, I think that, I don't know. I just don't think we'll see what happens. I got him going here and, uh, they do need receiver. And I think they're going to look to support their new quarterback, um, McCorkle. And, uh, so they're going to get a guy like Garrett Wilson, who is a good route runner who has great separation, uh, like we talked about and is a yak guy. And I think that would be an excellent pickup for the cheaters. Yeah, Mike, I think that's a decent line of reasoning there. They definitely need some help in that category. They lost J.C. Jackson. They could use some help at cornerback also. I think wide receiver, edge, and corner are probably their biggest needs. But you know who's such a Patriot-type player is the guy you had the Jets taken at number 10, Mike. I mean, Carl Loftus from Purdue seems like a type of guy Bill Belichick grabs up, fits that defense, has the high motor. I could see them, and my board, Jamison Williams, is still here. I could see them going that direction also. I could see them going wide receiver, but Carl Loftus, strong, well-built. They need edge help. He seems like a Bill Belichick-type guy to me, Carl Loftus. I see them go ahead and grab some defensive edge help there, Mike. That brings us here to number 22, where you know every single year we roll into these drafts, and we say to ourselves, okay, here we go. The Packers are going to take a receiver around one, of course, for Rodgers, right? Because they never do. They're patching it up with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Um, besides Devontae Adams, they're just patchworking it, patchworking it. And I think this is the year they go ahead and get some help here for, um, for Aaron Rodgers. I think at number 22, the Packers are taking Jamison Williams, Mike. And he's still on my board here. I think he's going to be, you know, we know he's a big playmaker, one of the best receivers in the league. If he wasn't injured, maybe he's a top 10 pick. On my board, he's still there. They lost Devontae Adams. They have Cobb there next year. I know they brought in Sammy Watkins. They don't have any real legit number one receiver to help out our boy Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going Jamison Williams. Yeah, well, look, if he's on the board, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. I've got them going Chris Olave. They're going oh, receiver. Okay. They're going receiver. And I think Chris Olave, uh, this is a great place for him. His fantasy value would be off the charts, okay, going to the Green Bay Packers. And I think his route running we talked about and his real – I mean, he has real speed. I mean, unlike Garrett Wilson, he has real, real breakaway speed. That's a home run hitting guy right there. And I would love Chris Olave going to the Green Bay Packers from a fantasy perspective. Nick, you stay away. Um, and right before that is – McDuffie cornerback going to the Arizona Cardinals. They need secondary help. And I see them going in that direction. Mike, I think that we've seen Kyler Murray be very emotional this offseason. Emo. Right? Emo as hell. Now, I know A.J. Green was okay last year. A.J. Green's 800 years old. A.J. Green's not an elite receiver anymore. Hopkins is still decent, right? Hurt last year. We don't know how much we're going to add to him. Rondell Moore is okay, but didn't really throw the ball too much last year. I think Murray's unhappy, and I think because of that, it's going to help. It's going to dictate what they do here in the first round, and I think they're going to get him a receiver. I think they want someone to help him out out of the slot. I don't think they think Rondell Moore is the answer, and I actually think the Cardinals are going to take Trey Burks 
add him to the squad out there with Hopkins, with A.J. Green, with Rondell Moore. Help out the little guy. You know he's upset. He lost Kirk. He threw the ball to him. They actually lost a lot of players if you look at the, the roster, the offense last year. I think Burks is going to go to Arizona, Mike. But let me cue it up for your next pick. You do have Traylon Burks going ahead to the big going star. Going to in the, the next Cowboys, pick. baby. And I just think that, look... I think Jerry Jones is a phenomenal drafter. I have to admit, he's done a really, really good job drafting. But this, to me, is just too good to be true for him. Uh, if Traylon Burks is still here, he's a Arkansas. Obviously, we know his past, his history, and you know how he loves those receivers, those sexy receivers, right? He loved to go after any of those top picks. So what do you, Nick, and what do you, uh, Sammy, think about the Dallas Cowboys, hey, look, they just Amari Cooper bounced, right? And there's Burks, there's his boy. What do you think? You think Jerry will go grip him? I think it's a possibility uh, for, for a lot of the reasons you just said, Mike. Obviously, Amari's gone. And even as a Giant fan, I I can't disagree with you that he's done a, you know, a good job drafting for the most part. Um, I think Burks would fit in there pretty well on that offense. Uh, I'm not completely sold on on Dak still being I mean we got to see what happens this year but um if Dak can play well and uh and that kid gets in a, in a groove early I think it, I think it can work absolutely I like Jerry Jones because you said he's a great drafter right I think he goes ahead and he jumps the gun and he takes Christian Watson oh shit because I think he Ooh, knows, I can see that too, he Sammy. knows Damn it. this guy is a physical freak and he'll have C.D. Lamb on one side and this giant other monster on the other side and Zeke in the backfield and he's going to be like, let's do it. You know, I could see him doing that. I could see him just jumping the gun here and being like, I'm taking this guy because I think he's going to be the best guy in this whole class. Harry Jones, is, he's an okay drafter. I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding, though, with your drafts. You have to win. And they've won nothing since the early '90s. So as good as, good as as good as his drafts have been, they haven't been good enough to win anything. Because since the 19, since they won that Super Bowl in 1993, the Jets have like four more playoff wins than you do, Cowboys. So suck on that, Cowboy fans that are listening to the show. I think the Cowboy fans. Uh, I mean, actually, I think the Cowboys do need help at wide receiving. They need help at edge. They also need help on offensive line. They always had that great offensive line for years and years. The interior of the offensive line was kind of a mess the last two seasons, and they could really use some help at center. So I see the Dallas Cowboys making a smart pick for once here and taking Tyler Lindemann out of Iowa to help that offensive line out. We know they already have two guys offensive lineman. I think they're going to, you know what they like to do is run the ball to set up the passing game. They weren't able to really do that that well last year. They lost Connor Williams. They lost some other offensive linemen. So I think they're going to shore up that offensive line. And this brings us to the Hill people, Mike, oh, at boy. number 25. Now, the Hill people, they could use a corner. They could use some wide receiver help. They can use some running back help. I'm scared, Mike, that the Hill people at 25 take our boy in Brees Hall. I'm worried they take Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. I'm worried they do that. I don't want them to. I want them to pass on that. I want them to be smarter. And I do think one of the bigger holes they have, because if you look, um, you know, Darius Smith is coming back off a knee injury, and they do have a big question mark over there at that other cornerback spot. So I think they are going to go corner here. I think they're going to go Booth Jr. from Clemson. He's one of the better corners in the draft. I know their offense last year, um, you know, they relied on Allen big time. White's coming off. Davius White's coming off the ACL tear, so he's kind of a question mark. So 
if he's what he was, he's a great corner, but they don't even have a number two corner, and your number one corner is now kind of a question mark. So I think they're going to go corner here. I know this is a guy that mostly played zone. He can handle man-to-man. -man. Um, a lot of directions they can go, and I hope they don't go running back, Mike. But I haven't taken the corner out of Clemson, Andrew Booth Jr. And that's exactly the pick I have. That's what they oh, need. Oh, look at that they synergy. Could, they, could, they could do running back, but they're not going to do running back. And I'm going to tell you why. Josh Allen. Why would they invest a first-round pick when they've got the best rushing quarterback in the league? They don't need that. They need secondary help, to your point. True. And uh, to your uh, Andrew Booth is the best value on the board at this point, and I absolutely believe that if it falls this way, that's exactly where they're going to go. Tennessee is up next. They did lose uh, Roger Saffold uh, in, in free agency. So I do believe that they're looking to beef up that offensive line and who better to do that than Zion Johnson, offensive lineman. Um, I think that's the kind of the direction they're going to head, um, trying to continue to stay atop the AFC. Mike, I couldn't agree. I actually have my next two picks are both guards. I think Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson are comparable when you look at their ratings here. Um, I actually had Green out of Texas A&M going to Tennessee here for all the reasons you said. I mean, the way they like to play offense is to run the ball. Derrick Henry was still destroying people last year, um, but they lost some offensive linemen. They kind of like to, you know, have those guys in the middle to pave the way for Henry. You need to grab one of these guys. I could see them taking Zion Johnson also. He's a great player. Um, but I have them going Kenyon Green, 6'4", 324 out of Texas A&M. Get another big monster on that offensive line. They need as much offensive line help. If you look, their main needs were offensive line, wide receiver. They haven't had another running back behind beside, behind Henry in like three seasons. That's pretty much what they need the most. But I think they're going to go offensive line here, Mike, as well. That brings us to Tampa Bay. I have Tampa Bay going the same route here. Now, they need guard help big time. They, don't, they basically don't have two starting guards. They basically have one right now. When you look at the offensive line, Mike, and I have them taking Zion Johnson here. Um, one spot after you. They lost Kappa in the offseason. They lost Whitehead, we know, to the Jets. They lost O.J. Howard. Um, uh, Sue is still a free agent, so maybe they go defensive line here. But they have a huge hole at guard. They, they got worse two years ago. I think they invest again in the offensive line here. It's Tom Brady, guys. They got to have a good offensive line to keep this guy upright. And they're going to go Zion Johnson at Boston College, Mike. Yeah, I got them uh, going guard, too. And I got, or guard center, if you want to call it. Tyler Lindebaum is still on my board. And I think that would be a perfect pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fit right in for all the reasons that you just said. And next, Green Bay. They lost to Darius Smith, Edge. We already know in both our drafts, they picked up receiver help. So I think they're going to go Edge, kind of defensive line, whatever you want to call it. And this is a guy, Sammy, uh, for the Jets, I would not mind they pick up at 35 if he's there. And that's Boye Mafe, defensive line. I really like him. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. And I think uh, Green Bay would go in this direction. 261 pounds. And he's got a 90.7 pass rush break. Like, this guy's a freaking ape. So, you know you're safe with a guy like this who has that kind of physical ability that you can't teach. And he's got a 90% win rate. Yeah. He, yeah. What is he? 4.5340 with a 38-inch vertical and a 10-foot, 5-inch broad jump. Insane metrics. I, I do like him. And, if, and Keith... If we get him at 35, to be honest with you, I would 
depending on what happens, like I would not mind him at all. Yeah, area. I've seen I've seen mock drafts with him dropping to the Jets and us taking him at 35, actually. And I think the Packers do have a need here at Edge. I could see them taking him, uh, Boya Mafia. I could see them taking Devontae Wyatt also out of Georgia. There's a couple directions they can go. And this might sound crazy, Mike, but I think the Packers are going to double dip here at wide receiver. And I think they're going to take the guy you had him taken a moment ago and take Alave and add two absolute beasts to the wide receiver core. I don't trust Alan Lazard. He's not a great receiver. Randall Cobb is old. They have Watkins. Watkins has been a career scrub, complete letdown. They basically don't have a real receiver. I think I might sound crazy, but I think they're double dipping guys, adding another receiver to the mix for Rodgers. How many more years this guys have left? We don't know. Rodgers, Seven. he's a complete mystery out there. I think they're double dipping here. Man, that's that would be complete beast mode. That would probably be one of the best drafts. You know. so much sense. Yeah, it, makes it, it does. It does. It does. That's a beast mode draft. Now, so that would will, theoretically mean they had Jamison Williams and they added Alave, and then yeah. you had maybe Cobb in the slot and you had these other guys. I mean, that would be something else. Yeah, that would be absolutely insane. And uh, in your draft, that would be one of the best drafts so far right now. The way I have it, the Saints have the best draft with Jamison Williams and Marcus Williams. I'm going to say that my next two picks are going to either uh, be the same or even better, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to get, in my mock, Christian Watson, Woo! wide receiver, and then they're going to get Daxton Hill, safety. Crushed. Double Crushed dip. that shit. Yeah. Like they, and that's two positions they need, and you already know, Christian Watson, Nick, Christian Watson goes to the Chiefs, He's the first wide receiver off the board that CFL draft. Yeah, that could that could be true. And you know, it's funny, Mike. Here at twenty nine, I actually on the board. And I also have him going to the Chiefs. We know they have a big hole at wide receiver here. Um, you look at the stats last year. Mike and I chatted about this today when Tyreek Hill didn't play. I mean, Mahomes' stats were just as good as when he did play. Now, I'm not saying you don't want Tyreek Hill. Of course you do. Tyreek Hill's a game changer. But uh, Mahomes was still able to produce without him. Now, I know they lost Pringle. I know they lost some other guys there on the offense, but they still have Kelsey. Um, they brought Juju Smith-Schuster in. Hardman's not that bad. I think they're going receiver here also, Mike. I think they're taking Christian Watson. If he... I know he's a projection. I know where he played, Mike. We know he killed it in the senior bowl. But when you look at these measurables, I mean, they're kind of ridiculous. And when you look at the highlight reel, Mike sent me a highlight reel. This guy is absolutely ridiculous. I think that's a tremendous pick there at 29 for the Chiefs. Then at 30, Mike, I had the Chiefs taken Boye Mafe because they have a hole here at edge as well. And they've had an old hole there at edge for a while. All the reasons you mentioned. I can also see them maybe going Devontae Wyatt here. Boye Mafe, seven sacks last year, 4.3. 40 time on the guy in a tremendous vertical as well. His stats and his measurables are basically almost the same as Christian Watson's. You know, and he's, he's a defensive player, Mafe, so he's really impressive to me. Coming here at 31, Mike, I think the Bengals, I mean, if you look at their squad, what they needed was offensive line help, and they shored that up in free agency big time. I know they might also grab an offensive lineman here, don't get me wrong, but they signed basically three offensive linemen in the offseason here. Um, they signed Kappa, they signed Collins, and they brought Karrison as well. They lost Uzama at the tight end position. I think what they needed last year, you saw in the playoffs, was another weapon. Higgins is decent, don't get me wrong. I know projections as fantasy have him ranked really high. We know Chase is ridiculous. I think they're going to get an improved tight end weapon there for the team. And they're going to take Trey McBride, the best tight end here in this draft. Mike, add him to the offense for our boy out there slinging it. I think they're going for the tight end. Interesting. That's the first tight end. Man, look, you got him going pretty high. I them going after cornerback with Roger McCurry. I think they need help there in the secondary. Tight end, I didn't actually really think about. And 
That would actually be a pretty good pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, kudos to you. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, I didn't really think about that. That would make a, a whole lot of sense there. So last pick of the first round, I got safety Lewis Seen going to the Lions. Uh, a lot of mock drafts where they had Kyle Hamilton going to because they have such a gap in safety. I could see them potentially going quarterback here as well. They could yeah. take a Sam Howell. They could, they could take, you know, whoever else. But I think that that's who they go, Lewis Seen. He's a really good safety, um, probably the second or third best one out there. So that's where I got them going. Yeah, Mike, I think that's not that's not a bad idea at all for the Lions. In my mock, they took Thibodeau at number two, and they're still sitting here with a bit of a hole at quarterback. And I think your boy Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati sitting here would be perfect for the Lions because Goff can go out and play next season and start. They bring Ritter in, let him chill for a year. Last year, he had 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns. Um, we know he has a size 6'4", 215. Some of these charts, some of these places you look, guys, have Matt Coral at, a, I think he's Ole Miss, rated higher than Ritter. Now, Coral, foot, 200 pounds. You know, he threw for a decent amount of yards last year, ran for more yards than Ritter. But I think Ritter is more NFL ready. And I think he's, he'd be a good selection here for the Lions. Lock down that quarterback spot or at least give them a good prospect behind Goff. If Goff falters this year, you pop Ritter in, you ride with him. An exciting player last year, a winning player. I think that's a big time pick there for the Lions. Brings us to the top of round two here, Michael. I want to throw something at you guys. The 49ers, the Bears, the Broncos, the Browns, Colts, Dolphins, Raiders, and the Rams all have no first round pick is that not insane that's eight teams right there eight teams no first round pick uh, i know some of these teams gave up a lot but that's, that's an interesting spot to put your team in here at the top of the second round we have the jaguars again i think the jaguars did help themselves out big time in free agency added a whole bunch of beasts i do have them taking the safety here you just mentioned lewis sign mike like um he's a really good safety out of georgia look at all these guys coming out of georgia it's, it's completely amazing how many how many guys they have coming out i'm um, a hard hitter great against the run decent against pass protection i think they're going to help shore up more i can definitely see that and uh to me i think the jaguars do need some offensive line help and i got them taking canyon green offensive the, the guy you had going a couple of picks back um, so I, I think that's the next place that they would want to go. But I could definitely see him picking up sign if he was there. Um, the Lions coming back next. And I got them going defensive line with Devontae Wyatt. And Devontae Wyatt's still out here. And Devontae Wyatt's definitely one of the best defensive linemen out here, guys. We've got the Jets coming up next, so I won't take long on this. I think the Lions do need a little bit more help at wide receiver. They brought G.J. Sharkin, who was good when he's healthy, Mike. But he doesn't stay healthy very often. We know Amon St. Rob was decent last year. They have Hutchinson. I think if they're going to go ahead and my mock and draft Ritter, you want to give Ritter a number, another weapon. I think Jahan Dotson out of Penn State is one of the most reliable receivers in this draft. I'm not saying he's great, but, but you look at the route running. He improved every single year. Really good hands. Um, in my mock, they have Thibodeau. They have Ritter. They get a wide receiver spot here and add Jahan Dotson to the team. Let's get to it, Michael. 35. Here we New go. New York Jets. Third pick of the second round. We try to get through all those other picks as fast as we could, everybody, and add some tidbits. We're going to start off with Mike here. I haven't spoken to him yet. We don't we don't congregate before we do these things. Michael, we're here with the 35th pick. What has happened in your mock? How is it shaken out? Who do you have the Jets taking at number 35? All right, guys. Don't be mad at me. This Look, this is how the board has fallen, okay? This is how the board has fallen. We know that we need receiver help. We know that we need to get Zach Wilson help, okay? And what we have seen the, the NFL do is spend a billion dollars at the elite receiver position, and that is where 
right now the trend is going. All the player, all the teams are spending millions and millions of dollars on these elite receivers, right? So we're zigging, and when you see the NFL zigging, then if you want to be by you know on your own and be uh, unique, you zag when cats are zigging. But you got to zag and be good enough to where people aren't going to be able to catch up to you. And when you do zag, you uniquely zag. You don't. You always make decisions on what is best for you, what is unique for you. And so, Sammy, the New York Jets, unfortunately, were not able to land in my mock Debo Samuel or any of the other top receivers in the offseason. They did not get Drake London. They did not get Jamison Williams. They did not get any of these supreme number one wide receivers. What they did do is beef up that offensive line. Okay, they've got one of the better offensive lines in the National Football League, especially from a run blocking perspective. So what I say is, what am I going to do and bring the greatest value on the field day one and to help Zach Wilson? And that is getting an elite running back tandem and put that running back tandem behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And so I got the New York Jets selecting Brees Hall out of Iowa State, matching him with Michael Carter and getting one of the best running back duos in the National Football League. That's what I'm saying. And I'm telling you, this to me, I would do as the general manager. I, that to me, when I put Brees Hall back there and we play on Sunday, you got to watch out for him. You got to watch out for him and you got to watch out for Michael Carter. Good luck. Yeah, I think we may have tipped our hand a little bit last week, Michael. Now, look, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of these mocks with the Jets taking a running back at 38, right? And I could see that happening as well. But interestingly enough, Michael, I agree with you 100%. And now I think we're kind of lockstep in what we're thinking here. I know a lot of people would say, what about wide receiver? Well, all the best wide receivers to me have already been drafted at this point. Not that there's not value. Not that we can't talk about an Alec Pierce when we get to that number 69 pick or 68 pick, whatever it was. There's still guys you can grab up wide receiver that can help you big time further down in the draft. But I think right here, you can kind of change the dynamic of this entire team if you had an absolute dynamic running back on the team. Carter's a good running back. We saw the end of last year, he improved. I know he's good. Carter's not someone that's going to be your bell cow and get the ball 20 times and get five carries, uh, five targets, no matter what you say. I don't care what anyone says to me. You look at what the Jets did last year on offense. We ran for about 1,600 yards, um, which is towards the bottom of the league. I think it was 26th in the league. We were last in the league in attempts. Our actual yards per carry was 13th. We actually could run the ball a little bit. Brees Hall, guys, the last couple seasons, 21 touchdowns, 2020, 20 touchdowns last year. Our running backs last year combined on the team had six touchdowns the whole season. Guys, okay, just from our running back position. And you look at what this kid can do when it comes to the balance, the size, the speed ratio, over 3,000 yards rushing the past two seasons, 4.39, 40 time. So the breakaway speed's there. And when you just look at the way the NFL works right now, and when you look at the way historically the NFL has worked, you have a quarterback next year, Zach Wilson, that to us, Still a question mark, no matter what anyone says. No matter how happy we are about the last five games, we don't know how next year is going to work out with him, right? But when you look at what teams have done in the past to help out quarterbacks like that, to put them in a position to succeed, it's improved the defense, what the Jets have tried to do, and in my mock, what they've done as well, but also have a good running game. Guys, you go back and look at Mark Sanchez when he came in the league, his first year, he had 12 touchdowns. He had 20 interceptions. 
And the Jets made it to the AFC Championship game because they had the number one rushing attack in the league. They ran for almost 2,700 yards in 2009. I know the defense was great, but they didn't ask Sanchez to do a lot. And what they did ask him to do, he didn't do great, and they still succeeded. Then you go to the next year, 2010, we had LaDainian Thomas and we had Sean Green. They ran for 2,300 yards. Sanchez had 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, only had a 75 QB rating. They still made it to the AFC Championship game because they were able to run the ball. You understand, guys? So, I mean, when you can run the ball and play defense, you put your team in a good position, you put your quarterback in a good position. And I think this is would be kind of a no-brainer to me. I think he's the best running back in the draft, Mike. I think if you take an example like a Miss Winston, Mike, and you look at his career, which he's always had stats that are a little tricky. A lot of touchdowns, a lot of interceptions, right? You had, they had 500 attempts you'd have one year. Um, and you look at what happened when he got brought into the Saints. Now, he didn't play in 2020, but last year, Okay, started the first seven games. He was injured in that eighth game. The Saints didn't ask him to do too much. The first game he played, he threw 20 attempts. Second game, 21 attempts. Third game, 23 attempts. He's throwing for 110 yards, 140 yards, 120 yards. But he finished with 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yep. Prior to that, Jameis, 139 turnovers in 72 games. Because why? The Saints can run the ball. They managed the clock. They didn't ask him to do too much. And I'm not saying we don't want Zach Wilson to be able to throw 45 touchdowns. Of course we do. But I don't think he's there yet. But when you're able to run the ball, you kind of dictate the pace of the game. You put your quarterback in a position to succeed. I think in my mock, just like you, Mike, I have them taking Brees Hall. I don't think they can wait if they want him because I think the Texans would take him at a 37. I don't think we can wait to 38. And I think if you can change the dynamic with the run game, right? And in this, this scenario here, we still can get a receiver. Okay, when we get to the, the fourth round, or the th excuse me, the third round, guys. But if they had a Brees Hall, and you had a Carter, and you had a Temin Coleman, like we said, we had the big tight ends. They have some decent targets. I think it kind of changes the entire scope of the offense in a major way, in a way that none of the receivers left on the board, I think, at this spot can do. What do you think about that, Sammy? So I still have them taking Sauce and a receiver or trading that 10th pick for that receiver position. But... I also have Brees Hall, and I think because we live in an age in the NFL with offense is the premium, and I know defense win championships, and that will always be 100% true, but I stand by everything I've said about when Carl Lawson coming back with Q and Franklin Myers, I think that's enough. So adding that guy like Sauce just adds the cake on, like the icing on that cake for you, and you go out and you get Brees and you get London or you get Debo, whatever you do. But at this pick, you keep this one, you get Brees Hall. This guy had 24 touchdowns in a row. So 24 games in a row, he scored a rushing touchdown in college football. Which is That's insane. Ridiculous. That's, That's ridiculous. Insane. That's unbelievable. Four games in a row, he had and, a and, and And a lot of people, Sammy, are, you know, I've seen um, – many takes on twitter and facebook um you know social media saying oh what in the world is mel kuyper talking about you know the jd would never spend a second round pick on a running back bs yeah. this is about making the jets better and he this pick would make the jets better and i don't care you know what if you people don't if you think that what i'm saying is crazy or what we're saying is crazy then that's your opinion but i know i've watched this team my whole life and i'm telling you right now this pick makes my team better and i think that jd would execute because to keith's point we're not going to get him at 38 and honestly i like kenneth walker 
but I like Brees Hall a lot better. Well, so. To reinforce what you were saying, he drafted Carter, who split carries with Javante Williams, and this guy had 255 carries last year and averaged six yards a carry. So now you're getting, we spent a third or fourth on Michael Carter, who split carries. I can totally see Joe Douglas justifying taking a guy like this in the second round, who was a workhorse as well as a monster. Right. Yeah, and if, if there's any way for the Jets to pop up from this 35th to the back end of the first to get a Christian Watson or an Alave or any of these guys, do it. Do it. Of course you do it. But in my hypothetical and in Mike's, most of those guys are gone the most valuable guys. So I don't see a more valuable piece that could be added to the offense at this spot than a big time running back and kind of changing the scope of things here. Giants coming up next, Michael. Um, I had them taking Aquano in the first round, helping an offensive line out, had them taking Hamilton at safety. I think Devontae Wyatt is still on the board here. I think they could consider taking him, but the Giants need some safety help. So I had them going with <clears throat> Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. I think the Giants have too big a hole at safety right now. So the defensive line's not that bad. I think they need safety help more than anything. So having them going Brisker out of Penn State. Oh, that's awesome. I got them going Brisker too. Perfect fit. Yeah, I think that's exactly where they would go here. And Nick, what do you think about that? I think Brisker is a really good prospect. And he actually, if, if the Jets were to take him at 38, I wouldn't be too upset. Oh, I mean... I I welcome aboard. Like Keith said, he, he pointed to, we need secondary help. We need safety help. Um, this kid's athletic. I think he's. I, I think he's smart. He knows what he's doing out there. So, I, I'd love to have him on board if he's there. Yeah, that brings us up over here to the Texans, guys. Um, Texans have a lot of holes here. They definitely need some help in the offense. Definitely some help in the rushing game. One of the worst rushing teams in the league last year. I think they go ahead and I think they're looking running back here. I think, and this is why I think the Jets got to take Brees Hall at 35 because I think they're going to take another running back, the second best running back to me in this draft. Some people have a number one, Kenneth Walker, the third here out of Michigan State. 1,636 yards last year. Absolute beast. 18 touchdowns. 5'9", 211. Mike, I think he's the second best running back in the league. I think the Texans are going to help himself out in the, in the rushing game and Greg Kenneth Walker. I completely agree with you. That's exactly who I got them taking as well. Kenneth Walker, I, for all the reasons you just said. And that brings us up to the 38th pick with the New York Jets. And I got them taking a receiver now. Jahan Dotson, Penn State. Okay. Now I know when we did the Jahan Dotson breakdown with the wide receivers, you weren't the biggest fan of him, Mike. I think if he was still on the board here, that's a good value pick. Great value. Okay, because he's back into the first level value. You look at how he improved throughout his four-year college career. I could definitely see the Jets going um, Dotson if he's out there. George Pickens is still out there. Shakur is still out there. Sky Moore. Some of those guys might still be there in the third round. If Devontae Wyatt's out there still right now at this point, we lost Fatu Kasi. I could see them grabbing him up if he was still on the board. Mike, um, Logan Hall, also another D-tackle. Jabu out of Michigan, another edge rusher. But in my draft, I have the Jets taking Sauce Gardner here. I have them taking Johnson to help the defensive end out. I have them taking Hall at running back. And I think they're going to go offensive line here, Mike. I know that might be a surprise, but I know a lot of people talk about the Jets maybe taking someone at four offensive line, right? There's a lot of talk about that. Um, I think at this spot here, the best offensive lineman left is the Austrian assassin from Central Michigan, Bernard Raymond. I don't know if you guys know about the Austrian legend, guys. Came over at came over as an exchange student, just started throwing people around in Detroit. Okay, one of the best offensive linemen in this thing. Um, he's he's one of the better offensive linemen I think in the draft. You see him ranked anywhere between 20 and 30, but I think Font turned 30 during this season. 
and they haven't re-upped his contract next year. So as of this moment, when we do this podcast, regardless of how good Font played last year, he's not signed for next season. Makai Becton is. So I think they're going to start looking for some replacements here and then also look for a little insurance for Becton. If you get yourself a good tackle here, you kind of have Becton insurance and you have Font insurance. I think Raymond's the best offensive lineman left in the draft here, guys. I mean, that's who they grab up. Yeah, and, and I could definitely see JD doing that. And if that is the case, guys, and they do go Raymond or whichever offensive lineman is there and they don't go receiver in the first or the second round, I would put my money my money on round three that they do get a receiver and that receiver would be khalil shakir out of boise state i want you guys there was an article written during the senior bowl um the jets loved him he's the type of receiver that you know they would be interested in and he probably would be around there in the third him or alec pierce so if they did do this and they hadn't picked a receiver yet i think uh they would go ahead and address that and in round three but i agree yeah that if red um offensive line is something that i do believe jd is going to look to fulfill yeah and they have cbs sports has the aggregate man they have ramen ranked as the number 21st ranked prospect in the whole draft fifth best offensive lineman the fourth best tackle so that's, that's a that would be a tremendous value pick if they could get him here i know it sounds kind of boring but we know joe douglas like those offensive linemen i think you help out more than one spot if you grab him here guys i think down the third round mike i mean shakura is definitely an option i think sky Moore will still be there tolbert who we talked about in our wide receiver show if you guys go listen back in the archives he'll still be there your boy justin ross mike or fourth round these third or fourth rounds when we're looking at pick 69 to 108 in that range there i think is uh justin ross is someone they can look at but also who i'd love to grip up if he's there at 69 would be your boy alex pierce out of cincinnati talked about him on the wide receiver show had the ridiculous measurables had some great stats played with Ritter and was absolutely awesome balled out the entire season i mean he is has the size has the speed would add a different dynamic to our receiving core debo aside Say we just were able to grip up Pierce with the size and speed combination that he has. You throw him out there with our boy Elijah. You throw him out there with Corey Davis. It would almost be like your number three receiver in that scenario. I mean, that'd be someone that'd be great to add. Picks 108, picks 114, 144, 159. God, it's a roll of the dice. You got to see how it shakes. I have, I'm not going to go that deep because that's a little too crazy, guys. Um, but I think in the third round, I can agree with that, Mike. I think they're going to be looking wide receiver there. I might sound disappointing to some people, but I don't think in the first or second round, unless one of these monsters just drops to the Jets, right? If there's an obvious scenario, you know, Jamison Williams isn't picked by pick 35, but he's a Jet, right? Of course, the scenarios, or if, or you can trade up at the back end of the first and it's a slam dunk, do it, right, guys? I can see that happen. They did it last year to get AVT. But if none of that plays out, <laughs> I think they wait. They okay. wait to the third round, Mike, like you said. Try to add another weapon of the offense here. And then you come out of this draft possibly with a new running back for the squad. Right? You get yourself yeah. a nice beast corner. You get yourself a defensive end. Maybe you get yourself a little um, wide receiver here in the third, and your team uh, moves on to the season, and we're much more improved. Let me ask you guys real quick uh, before we let everybody go. Sammy, if you could have three players, your favorite, you know, if your dream scenario, three players that you would say, if I got any one of these three players, I'd be over the moon, who would those three players be? Oh. Thibodeau, Sauce, and our boy Watson, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I know. I know. What about you, Nick, if, for the G-Men? Um, to be honest, I'm hoping there's something going on and we take um, we take the best offensive lineman available um, and somehow try to get Malik Willis 
I'm done with Danny Dimes. Oh shit! I'm. I'm. Did I'm you, kind of, I mean, I wanted, I, I wanted to mention this. Oh, I wanted to mention this before, but I forgot. I didn't want to interrupt the, the flow that you guys had. But I think I think Ritter and Willis are the two best quarterbacks in this draft, and I think they're going to be that way. Now. I don't know how good that's going to be, but as far as this draft. Wookie. Do you think the G-Men come out of left field? I would, I, I would, I would love, I, I wouldn't be completely broken apart if they didn't go o- o- offensive tackle and they took Willis if he was available wow. at five. That'd be wild. Oh my God. Yeah. That would shake the draft. It would shake Danny the draft. Dimes. Yo, Wookie just put you on notice, kid. Yeah. Wookie just Danny put you Dimes. on notice. Wookie, like, if, I could have, if I could have or... any three guys in the draft, it'd probably be Hutchinson, Sauce, and either Jameson Williams or London, just to add a little nice little weapon there for our boy Zach. I think that's the direction the Jets are going to go at 10. Um, and a Hamilton, too, from the Notre Dame, I think has been, like Sammy said earlier, just perennially overlooked what this kid can do. I mean, he's going to be an absolute monster at safety. End up in the Hall of Fame one day. I'll be staring at his bust in Canton, and everyone will be talking about how he got drafted 19th or something like that. Um, I think it's one of the best players in the draft here, guys. But uh, that was a great show. Mock uh, two. Uh huh. No, that was that was awesome, and I'm probably right there with you. I want either Sauce Thibodeau, and I'm torn between Watson and Williams. One, mm. either one of them would have me just freaking losing my mind. I, I, you know, and probably I don't even know. I, but one of those two, <laughs> I'll, I'll be so happy. Yeah, man. If there's any way, because we have all of this draft capital. I mean, my dream scenario is that we draft at four and we draft at 10. But say we go from 10 and we do a trade with the Saints because they want to move up. And we get 16 and 18 or whatever their two picks were. I think it's 16 and 18 or something like that. That could help us too. If we can trade to the back of the first, snag one of these receivers. If Christian Watson's on the Jets. Guys, some of these mocks, some of the mock projections don't have him being taken to like the 45th pick, Christian Watson. Yeah. If he's there at 35 or 38. Don't even I mean, let him be there I, That's. We're talking about Brees Hall and all type of stuff, but like if Christian Watson's there, I think he's a talent to me that I know where he played is where he played, but he's someone that could be a mid-range first-round talent. It'd be hard to pass him up. You might have to grab him at 35 and keep your fingers crossed. And the way I look at it, if he's there, Keith, okay, if he's there, in my opinion, yeah. if I'm the 49ers, I trade Debo Samuel to the Jets for the two top picks, right? Because I will get Christian Watson and pair him with Trey Lance. And they played together True. at North Dakota. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, it's, sure. They know each other already. You know what I'm saying? You don't even have to worry about the chemistry. How, how about this dream scenario? If you get sauce, you trade 10 and 38 for Debo. You go get your running back. And then you go out and get Benito, who is everybody sleeping on this dude? Because he's like not that strong. But did you know he is... On PFF, he's got the number one pass rush win rate. He's got the number one pass rush grade and the number one pass pressure rate yeah. in all of the FBS. And and there's guys like Jermaine Johnson, whose pass rush win rate, I think it was only like 14% last year. And I, I mean, Sam, you know, you're a coach. That's something that when you're the level of athlete like a Jermaine Johnson is, that could be taught. Not that you can, it's, it's natural to some people, it's not natural to other people. He can learn that, but some guys, like you say, Benito, he just naturally has that. Right. You know, and I can, make you, I can make you stronger, but I can't make you just win 95% of the goddamn pressures of that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, guys, 
Mock Madness Part 2 is in the books, okay? Show's dropping in here on a Monday. We'll be coming at you the second night of the draft, Friday night, live, top of round two. We'll go over the we'll go over round one. Chop it up about the top of round two. See if we're right, see if we're wrong, see what the Jets do there. Might have some surprise guests on the show as well. Michael, if anyone wants to get at us, support us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? Guys, we're on we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate all of the love and comments and support there. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jeff fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the greatest tight end in Maris Red Fox history, the big Wookiee Nicholas Cronk, and on behalf of the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Good at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Uh. Cut.